Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Uh, in Psalms 91, 95, it should be on the screens as well, and I'll read it. Um, Psalm 95, verse 1 says, Come, let us sing to the Lord, let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him for he made it. His hands form the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, we are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. That is such a powerful, powerful scripture that I hope that you guys have on the front of your mind as we kind of get into the rest of the message. So we're talking about worship. The title of the message, uh, this is actually from a book that we're actually kind of, some of us are reading. It's called Following Jesus, A Disciple's Handbook. So if you're new to the things of God, new to the things of Jesus, we have a book that we kind of just been going through that um, has really been helpful in kind of seeing what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So we've been going through a couple weeks now, uh, some of those. So this chapter that we're on is called Worship and Working. But the title of my message today is called You Are a Worshiper. You are a Worshiper. That's spelled right? I feel like I had it differently. Okay. So that's correct. Wow. Forgive me. I did not do good at spelling growing up. Can I just say that? So sorry. So uh, we're diving into um, worship. If you don't realize, if you haven't realized it yet, we are in our human nature worshipers. Um, can I can I ask you a quick question just to get us thinking about some things before we get into it? Uh, what takes the most uh, up in your mind in your headspace? Uh, what takes your time? What what takes your attention? Um, uh, what are you worshiping? Can I tell you this? What you think about most and what surrounds your mind and what you're placing your time and energy into most, can I, can I be kind of honest and say that's what you're worshiping? So imagine this. We spend all of our energy and time on stuff, and sometimes, if I can be honest, it's not actually good or, or beneficial or like, the right priority. So an easy example I'll throw up for the guys or for, for some ladies, uh, video games. Uh, video games, I have so much fun on video games. Why can I spend 12 hours playing video games but not more than 30 minutes reading my Bible? Oh my gosh, I just can't believe. No, like that's not true obviously, but there's been times when it's been so easy to just dive into stuff and my priorities really show themselves and how much time I'm giving certain things. So for some of us, the things we worship are things like our hobbies, our sports, our future professions, the things, how much money we want to make, these things that we idolize, the way people view us. There are many things that we actually uh, idolize and worship without realizing it. So uh, if I can give you kind of just a starting point, worship is our response to what matters most. The truth is, and it's very countercultural, but it's we can either worship God 
Or the truth is this, we're worshiping the world. We're worshiping something else. We're worshiping something other than God. And there's no middle ground in this. And the word tells us this in Matthew 6, uh, verse 24, when it says, it'll be on the screen, it says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. So my question is this, what are you putting before God? What are you putting before God over your life? What are you putting first? Is it a relationship? Is it... um, you, you name it. What are you putting before God? I'll challenge you this, and I'll put things in, in, into perspective. What you put first will show you a lot about how your life will go. When you put all your faith and, and trust in you know, a, a person, even like my relationship with, with my wife, if I put everything into her and she's actually before God, there's, some, there's going to be some, some hardships because at the end of the day, she's still a human. But when I put my, my, my priority into God, that's when everything flows and is in proper order. So what I would want for you guys is to realize the proper order of things where God is first. So God tells us um, in Exodus 20 verse 3, says, you must have no other gods before me. This is, this is pretty bold, uh, like hard to miss. It says, you may have no other gods before me. So it must be pretty serious that you can't serve one and another. You can't serve both God and the world and the things of the world. But like I said, it's about making God the leader of our life, the leader of our life. Let's not make... Uh, things casual. Because what the world wants for us to do is to make things casual. You can do this and that and that. You can have 20 different hobbies. You can have a couple side hustles. You can have a couple girlfriends. You can do this. You can do that. You can have a couple boyfriends. Yeah, whatever. It's casual. It's casual, right? No, no, no. That's, that's not the order of things that God designed it. And in God's design, there's, there's perfection. And it's when we as humans try to distort it and change it, that's when things can be troublesome. So let's not make our faith and our worship and our lives casual because God's not casual. God is not casual. And the choice, this is, this is the beautiful thing about God is that he offers a choice. And when he says, there's no other gods before me, you can only serve one. You, it, it's, the, the beauty of it is it sounds so restricting but actually, the choice is so beautiful because when you choose him, that is the most loving thing you can do because he chose you. He chose you so much so that he gave to you life. He gave to you his son. He gave to you all of these things because of his choice for you. So the response for us as the one who receive all of this blessing is to choose him, to honor him in our lives through our lives, and, and in our worship for him and to him. So I want to read you something from this book to kind of give us a little bit of perspective and kind of uh, give us some frames. So the primary word for worship in the New Testament has to do with the kneeling down or laying face down to show respect and honor for someone. It also has to do with the showing of deep affection and allegiance to the authority of one another. 
of another. It is making oneself low to make someone else high. It is the laying down of one for the lifting up of another. Throughout history, people viewed worship as a specific action at a particular time in a distinct place. But when Jesus came, he clarified the intent, content, and through a surrendered life and transformed mind, worshiping and working becomes concepts of fulfilling God-given purposes in life. Can I tell you this, that God has great purpose and plans for your life? There's a hope and a future that can be in you and should, should be realized when you realize that you're not just here casually. Like some, some just, I'm just rolling marbles and seeing what, what happens. No, there's, there's, there's design even in you. And what the enemy wants us to do is to forget that there's hope and promise and future and direction and, and all of this stuff that God would have for you. What, what, what the enemy wants for us is to forget that there's great purpose and plans in our life because he wants to snuff us out. He wants the fire in us to, to die, to be quenched. But God wants us, for us, to shine and to shine bright. Sure, like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond, yep. Um, so worship isn't just about singing songs on a Sunday or Wednesday. We lift our hands in praise and thankfulness, and there is so much we're able to receive when we enter into, into worship through uh, musical song, and it's an outpour. And, and Kimberly absolutely hit it on the nail uh, when we were talking in crew earlier, and, I, and, and we're definitely not like saying like that's any less or any, anything about that, but we're saying that, that worship is a response, and it is, a, it is an outcry, but it's also an, an action. It's in life. It's in working. It's in who we are. It's how we live our lives. And there's so much that we're able to receive through it. So it's about giving back to God. But the funny thing about the relationship that we get to have with God is when we give to God, he gives tenfold to us. When we give to God, he gives so much more to us. Now, that's a loving relationship, one to be trusted, one to realize that's something that I can trust, that's something that I could follow. And yes, it's so beneficial, and you know we're getting the better end of the bargain, but I love that God's so good that, that, that he wants to give that to his children. When we give a little, we give a lot. And when we give a little, little and realize he gives a lot, it makes us want to give more. And when we give more, what does he do? He gives more. It's a beautiful thing, my friends. It's a beautiful thing to know that the one who created everything snapped it all into existence, blew it with a word, a whisper. He still has care and love to do the same in your life. That, that is love that no brain can comprehend and in and, and my entire life and in, in your entire life, we won't fathom fully the goodness and greatness of God. But when we enter and pass and, and because of what he did and, and, and saved us from death, we now are able to go to him and see full life because this isn't full life. Full life is reunited with him and that's the beauty of, of the relationship with him and why we should worship, why we need to worship, why he's worthy of worship. 
he's worthy of worship. And our lives, let it, in what we're doing and who we are, let it be worship. Let it be living for him. Let it be something that we're able to say, I'm living for God because he, he lives in me. He gave to me. Let your lives be offerings to God in worship with who you are and what you do. And if I can give you some advice, it'd be not to worry so much. It'd be not to be stressed so much. And maybe you'll roll, you're rolling your eyes at even saying that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a little older, so you've, been, you've already gone through the things that I'm, I'm, I'm going through. And, you know, it's a little different now. And, and my things are different. And what I'm going through is different. And, and, and you're right. But the Bible says this in Matthew 6, verse 33. It says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, it'll be on the screens for you to read. Matthew 6, verse 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom, and all else will be added. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all else will be added. Everything you need, he will give to you. How? When we seek first that priority, remember? Letting him be the leader of your life letting the Father's business be our business. Living righteously is in the choice. Living righteously is making the decision to walk closely to Jesus, with Jesus. And, and the truth is, with what we're worried about, the priority and the promise is this, everything else will be taken care of. So what you stress about, college, what you stress about relationships, what you stress about money, what you stress about my homework tonight, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all else will be added. And as, as many of you guys know, worship isn't just a Sunday thing. And worship shouldn't be a sun, just a Sunday thing. I, I saw something um, recently that said, you're not supposed to only eat on, on Sundays. And that's not just talking about food. It's talking about what you're receiving from God because that's the thing you truly live on. So if you're only eating on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, you'll, you, you might survive, but that's not living. And what God wants for you is to live. What I want for you is to live. What I want for you is better. And I wish I knew so much sooner. What I want for you is better. What God wants for you is better. So for you, what you should want is better. What you should want for yourself is better and realizing that it's God who brings it. And when you get closer to God, when you worship God and align your hearts and your minds and, and your lives to him and praising him and worshiping him, putting him in the proper priority, you're working and, and, and you're seeking him. You're seeking. There's, there's an action in seeking. There's an action in going towards him. There's an action in moving closer to him. There's work involved. And when you go, he honors and he blesses. And I, and I want you to, I, I would really much, if I could say so, I would love for you to make the choice to commit. Make the choice to commit to him because he's already committed so much to you. Make him the center of your life. As, as worship and work become offering, 
to him, make it everything. I want to read one more thing, and then we're going to read some scriptures, and then uh, I want us to get into some small groups and kind of talk about some of these things with some questions, just like we've been doing the past couple weeks. But uh, So what is worship? Worship is all about responding to who God is and what he has done for us. It's about being so into God that we can't help but respond out loud with our actions. Sometimes worshiping God is just about focusing on him. When we get quiet and find a moment when we aren't paying attention to anyone or anything else around us, life's distractions fade away, and we can pour all of our love and affection out to him. God doesn't require perfection, but wants our genuineness and our authenticity in worship. It's not what we bring or offer or if we can get it right, but it's about who he is and what he has done and continues to do to us and for us. And it's our response to those things. So how will you respond? That's my question. And then to kind of finish the message, I have a couple scriptures I want to read to you. Starting first, John 4, verse 23. When I read these, I want you guys to just, just reflect upon them. See what the word says. See what God's word says. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. Go to the next in Hebrews 13. For the world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And finally, let's go to Romans And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I find that in my life, uh, as I grow, and there's, there's not a lot of numbers on my uh, uh, life so far, and, and there's less on yours, and, but there's, there's still a lot of things that you and I have, have both gone through, and there's so much to even, even get to understand about life. But the more I see God in, in his word and in the promise, it makes me... feel like his child more and more. And, and, and I say that as a, as a good thing, obviously, when I'm saying that God is my father who wants for me to have good, that he's made so much good for me and he just wants for me to see and realize the love that he has for me and for me to walk in it. So for you, I want you to walk in it. I want you to see that the Lord is good. I want you to see that God can be trusted. I want you to see for yourself that there's so much in his word for you that can change your life. There's things you're going up against. There's things that you have thoughts in your head that aren't his. There's things that are in your head that that are not from him. So what we can do and what he can do 
is, is, is bring light to those things that are dark, is help those things that need help, is to heal those things that have been hurt and fix what's been broken because that's who he is and that's what he wants to do for you. So walk in his ways, live his truth, worship him for he is worthy of worship and live your life as an offering, offering to God. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you before we get into small groups? Lord, we love you. We're thankful. We are your children, and you are worthy of our praise, Lord. Help us. Help us by showing yourself to us. Soften our hearts. Give us us reminders of the good. Replace Replace things that, that we've replayed in our mind that were bad and, and show us the good. Show us the life that you want for us that's better than what we want for ourselves, Lord. Help us know that when we are with you, it's so much better. Help us walk closer, closely to you. Lord, help us feel whole because only you can feel us. There's a hole in each of our hearts that only you can fill. So Lord, we love you. That's your name we pray. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.